the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. Frank Church was on to something. Although most of the major media outlets are all but uh, ignoring Elon Musk's Twitter dumps, pretty obvious that Twitter, Google, Facebook, YouTube... They were all in cahoots with the federal government. We're being told who and what to censor. Well, back in 1975, the big news was something called the Church Committee hearings. The CIA director, William Colby, was brought in to testify about what the CIA, NSA, and FBI were doing, including uh, spying on U.S. citizens. Listen to Senator from Idaho Frank Church on Meet the Press. This is from August 17, 1975. The United States government has perfected a technological capability that enables us to monitor the messages that go through the air. Uh, these messages uh, are between ships at sea. They could be between units, uh, military units in the field. We have a very extensive capability of intercepting messages wherever they may be in the airwaves. Now, that is necessary and important to the United States as we look abroad at enemies or potential enemies. We must know. At the same time, that capability at any time could be turned around on the American people. And no American would have any privacy left, such as the capability to monitor everything, telephone conversations, telegrams, it doesn't matter. There would be no place to hide if this government ever became a tyranny, if a dictator ever took charge in this country. The technological capacity that the intelligence community has given the government could enable it to impose total tyranny. And there would be no way to fight back because the most careful effort to combine together in resistance to the government, no matter how privately it was done, is within the reach of the government to know. Such is the capability of this technology. Now, why is this investigation important? I'll tell you why. Because I don't want to see this country ever go across the bridge. I know the capacity that is there to make tyranny total in America. And we must see to it that this agency and all agencies that possess this technology operate within the law and under proper supervision so that we never cross over that abyss. Uh-huh. That's 47 years ago and a Democrat, Frank Church, and here we are. Well, when we come back, we're going to listen to one of our greatest hits from this past year. You're going to hear something that might scare you a lot. It's a guy making a good case for Michelle Obama being the Democrat nominee for president in 2024. Stick around. Here's a true story that might be described as Schindler's List meets the sound of music. I'm Isabel Vincent. My newest book is called Overture of Hope, Two Sisters' Daring Plan That Saved Opera's Jewish Stars from the Third Reich. In the 1930s, two British spinster sisters shared a love of the opera, and they made frequent trips to Germany and Austria to see their favorite singers. But many of these singers were Jewish, and with the rise of the Nazis, these performers faced almost certain death in the Holocaust that was coming. So what could two British spinsters do? Against all odds, they put together a plan to rescue more than two dozen men and women, getting them out of Germany and Austria and safely to England. Their clever schemes included using opera tickets to launder money. My book, Overture of Hope, details the life and death risks these two sisters took 
Their surreptitious bravery and passionate commitment is amazing and inspiring. Overture of Hope by best-selling author Isabel Vincent is available now wherever books are sold. Hey, have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry? Well, that's why my pillow has developed the MyPillow Towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you? Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now, you can get a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code STAG. Go to MyPillow.com right now, click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty, and they have their 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set off MyPillow Towels, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. That's 800-716-8087 or just go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG. It's Mike Gallagher inviting you to join me for a memorable travel opportunity that will be the highlight of your year. Dennis Prager and I are headed back to Israel October of 2023 with the Stand with Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, as we visit key sites in the Holy Land, thoughtfully designed to give you an unprecedented view of a region you've likely only heard about. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to get all the details. We'll uncover important geopolitical sites and show you Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll step foot on the ancient street of Jerusalem, sail the Sea of Galilee, pray at the Western Wall, and more. It's a trip of a lifetime, a real bucket list trip. We'll have special guides for our group, luxury accommodations. We'll broadcast our radio shows from Israel as well. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel Tour. Come with us in 2023. Register today. Call 855-565-5519. 855-565-5519. Or just visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Join us. Attention. If you owe money to the IRS, this is an urgent message. The IRS is cracking down by sending out heart-stopping letters, aggressively garnishing paychecks, seizing bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. They call it enforced compliance. And you better watch out because penalties and interest on unpaid taxes compound daily, making it seem impossible to ever get out of debt. Don't let the tax debt destroy your life. You need to call Optima Tax Relief, the number one tax resolution firm. They're experts in the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks that the IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands. Optima's resolved over $1 billion of tax debt for their clients. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, they'll fight to get you the best deal possible. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, no sane person uh, thinks that Joe Biden is going to run for president two years from now, and no sane person would believe that Kamala Harris and her uh, her word salads could end up with the nomination. So who's left? Pete Buttigieg, uh, Hillary Clinton. How about uh, Michelle Obama? That's who Joel Gilbert thinks is going to be, and he's written a book and produced a movie about it. He joins us now. It's called Michelle Obama 2024, Her Real-Life Story and Plan for Power. Thanks for coming on, Joel. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be here. So uh, let's start with why you're so sure that uh, Michelle Obama is running. Well, I'm so sure because I've followed the Obamas for the past uh, 10 years, and I've noticed that Michelle is pretty much copying Barack's path to the White House. Uh, Barack was the keynote speaker for John Kerry in 2004. Michelle was the keynote speaker for Joe Biden, introduced him at the 2020 uh, virtual convention. Uh, Barack has this, he had this organization called Project Vote in 1992, registering people to vote. Michelle founded this organization called When We All Vote. She was just here in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago gave a fiery speech about every Democrat talking point you can imagine. And then, of course, Barack based his candidacy on his personal story, his best-selling book, Dreams from My Father. Michelle wrote Becoming, 2018, went on a world book tour. She's still on the book tour. So I see her following in in Barack's footsteps, and she's absolutely the most popular, best-loved Democrat right now. And I think she's just kind of laying back a little bit. But if you look at her Twitter account, it's pretty clear she's running for president. What, what on the uh, Twitter account? 
The, uh, is it well, just it's, in general? It's all, yeah, her Twitter is just all politics all the time. She's reaching out to women's groups like, uh, you know, the Hillary Clinton crowd, mm-hmm. Oprah crowd, the uh, working mothers. Uh, she's uh, commenting about daily political affairs. Uh, she's just all politics all the time. And Michelle has been for a very long time. But wait, Joel, she, didn't she tell Oprah she hates politics? Well, that was the cover story because Michelle is even more political than Barack. She's a better politician. She's a better speaker. She's more authentic. Uh, you might remember back in 2008, she was out there campaigning every night on her own. And she went so far over the top, she said, for the first time in my life, I'm proud of my country. People remember that. Yeah, yeah. And that's when they decided they had to kind of rein her in because she was hurting the campaign. So they told her, okay, Michelle, you hate politics. You just want to be the mom in chief. They kind of reined her in a little bit. Uh, but all politicians hate politics. It's just they like the, uh, the fame and the, uh, the power that goes along with being a politician. And Michelle Obama is, uh, uh, been a politician and been involved in politics since she was six years old. Sure, her father was a precinct captain, I found out, for the Democrat Party machine in Chicago. And Michelle has literally been following in his footsteps ever since. Yeah, she didn't just marry into politics. She grew up with it, right? Absolutely. She was in a political family. She grew up in Jesse Jackson's house. She befriended her da- uh, his daughter, Santita. And when he was preparing to run for president, she was literally grew up in that household. So she goes way back when it comes to politics. And that's pretty much all she does all the time. And I made this film, which is available on SalemNow.com, and the book version is on Amazon.com. It's both making the case that she's already running for president, and it's a deep dive into her personal history, her background, so many things you never knew about her, such as she spent her childhood running away from the black community, always trying to get away from them and studying with, uh, with white elites, and then uh, in her career in Chicago, she worked for the mayor, Mayor Daly. She was the assistant planning commissioner, and she was in on a program called Redevelopment where they knocked down the projects. They made like 20,000 uh, blacks homeless in Chicago and gave away the property to people like Tony Resco to build these single-family homes. And then I chronicle in my book and my film how she was hired by the University of Chicago Medical Center where she headed up something called the Southside Health Collaborative, which was meant to keep the local Southsiders out of the emergency room at the University of Chicago. They would literally put them in these vans and dump them in these clinics, you know, far away so they couldn't receive health care at the University of Chicago. So Michelle, I, I chronicle, really has a shameful history of running away from the black community and exploiting them and for political reasons, she now comes back, you know, to add insult to injury, she pretends to be one of these, you know, ordinary black folks that she spent her life exploiting. So I think the film and book uh, are really a great expose on who Michelle Obama really is. And the book is called Michelle Obama 2024, Her Real Life Story and Plan for Power. Joel Gilbert is the author of the book and the producer of the movie. Um, so what you're saying is pretty, I think, would come as a surprise to a lot of people. Um, what, what's the biggest misconception that the people who, uh, who love her so much have about her? Or maybe the people, who, not so much the people who love her, but the people who are kind of ambivalent and don't really think she's that much of a factor. Well, they're, they're used to her being on the cover of fashion magazines and telling people how proud she is of them. They really don't understand Michelle as a political person, how political she is, and how much she uh, she is a, a radical. Uh, I detail in the film that she was best friends with Bernadine Dorn, of all people. This was the head of the Weather Underground, the terrorist groups in the late 60s who were trying to overthrow the government. Michelle worked with her for three years and then would have dinner at her house with Barack uh, once a week. Um, I also detail in the movie uh, that Michelle was a community organizer. Nobody knew that for three years in Chicago. Uh, so I'd say it's the people need to understand Michelle Obama as a political person with a political agenda and not the kind of benevolent, you know, fashionista that they remember from all those magazine covers.
I'd have to say that it, it, what I'm hearing from you and what I saw from uh, looking into your book and the movies when I knew you were going to be on the show today, uh, I'm surprised at the level of um, political interest that she seems to have and has, has had. Uh, and I, I, maybe it's me just being naive, or maybe the Democrats did a pretty good job of selling her as the uh, uh, mom-in-chief, and that was it. Well, that's what they did. They did a pretty good job of it. She kind of laid in the background. Uh, it was different from the Clintons were pretty upfront about it. They said, you're getting two for one. You get Hillary and Bill. You vote for Bill. You get Hillary. Uh, the Obamas were, uh, uh, they kind of learned that lesson when Michelle got too political and they decided to kind of put her in the background. But she's uh, just as political, if not more so than Barack. As I said, a better politician, a better speaker. And uh, just look at her Twitter account. She's, you know, she's running for president all the time. And that's why I think this film and book are so important for people really to get to know the real Michelle Obama. And it's nothing like you think. At what point um, does do the media uh, notice this? Because if the media were doing their job, they would be because there's I think what is it? Seventy five percent of of Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run. Nobody wants Kamala Harris to be uh, the nominee. Um, and that leaves, as I said in uh, introducing you, is that it kind of leaves Hillary Clinton and, you know, a couple other uh, governors that nobody wants to uh, see president. Why uh, do you suppose the media aren't pushing this more? I, I for, for me, I get the impression that they, most of the people in the media, uh, they feel kind of the way I do. Well, she's never been that serious about it. She's, she doesn't want to be president. She's she's not a politician. Yeah, she, she, she is a politician. I think the media are playing along. Uh, Michelle you know, went on this book tour. She's still going around 20,000-seat arenas. She's still uh, going to these when-we-all-vote uh, rallies like we had here in Los Angeles. I think the media is playing along. They're trying not to put her out front because she's able to connect with audiences and develop uh, her audience without declaring or appearing overly political. So I think they're just playing along right now uh, to answer your question. But she's definitely the best-loved Democrat. She checks all the boxes, and she brings this nostalgia. You know, remember how much you loved the Obama years. Remember how much yeah. you loved it when, when Barack was president. So uh, I think she's uh, planning on running, and she's just going to kind of lay low, and the media are going to let her do that for a while longer. And this is a perfect scenario for her because if Joe Biden were, had not shown that he's totally incapable of being anything, much less president of the United States, uh, she'd have another six years to wait. But I think it's, it's becoming pretty obvious to everybody that whoever wants to do this only has to wait two more years. And actually, if, if, if you're going to get in, you're going to have to get in and get, get involved pretty quickly here because we're, we're going to be two years away from the election. Well, Michelle has such high name recognition. I think she will lay back. I think all the way through the end of the year into next spring, I think she's going to say something. At some point, she'll say, well, you know, I hate politics, but you know, I love this country and I love all our children. So people have been asking me to run. And so I'm going to form a committee, you know, that kind of thing. So she's going to pretend to be reluctant. But in reality, uh, I think Michelle Obama is preparing and has been preparing for several years to uh, to run for president. She's copying Barack's uh, exact same path. And, uh, uh, you know, only the truth will stop her. If you see this movie and this film uh, and read the book, uh, there's so much more about her that people don't know. And uh, that's what she's going to have to deal with. Uh, does she love the country? Uh you know, does she love a country? Probably, uh, but it's a country that she defines the way it, it should be. She always talks about changing America, the world as it should be, which is part of Saul Alinsky's rules for radicals. She likes to talk about how what it should be. So she wants to change America. So I can't say she loves America as it is, but there's a different America that she's been working toward and she believes in that uh, I'm sure she she loves and wants to wants to recreate it in that certain uh, image that she believes in. We're talking to Joel Gilbert. He's the author of a book and producer of a movie called Michelle Obama 2024, Her Real Life Story and Plan for Power. Uh, where can people find the movie again, uh, Joel? Yeah, if you go to SalemNow.com, Salem 
www.theoutdoorsnow.com. You can live stream the movie or buy the DVD. And the book version is available now on Amazon.com. So is uh, Barack on board with all this? And absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Barack, uh, you know, they're two sides of the same coin. They're both very political people. Uh, they both have an agenda. They both spent years with the uh, Chicago, different Chicago radicals, whether it was Farrakhan, Bill Ayers, and Bernadine Dorn, Jeremiah Wright. They immersed themselves in the world of uh, radicalism. And they've been working at this for, you know, for 20, 30 years. And uh, Michelle running for president, I think, is a natural thing for them. And um, what do you, how, how do you think the other Democrats feel about this? I, I don't mean the, the, um, the, the, the unwashed, the voters. I mean, are there people, how much pushback, I guess, is my question, is she going to get from the people in power? Is she as loved by the uh, people in power in that party as, as she appears to be for, uh, uh, loved by the people themselves? You know, the yeah, I think yeah, I think that uh, there's an argument that uh, that Barack is controlling things anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think Michelle sliding into that position as the top Democrat is just a very natural thing. I don't think there'll be much pushback from uh, Democrats. They're just going to probably you know cheer her on and uh, you know be very thankful that she's coming to uh, to lead the party because. Uh, I think they know they don't have a leader right now, but Michelle would be the next natural leader. And uh, I would guess that it would be a slobber fest uh, on the part of the media if she does. Yeah, that. yeah. The media has been—they've uh, given Michelle. I've, I've actually calculated about fifteen billion dollars worth of free, positive earned media for the past fifteen years, and she's, uh, you know, never had any criticism whatsoever. It's all positive. So. They would just love her to to come forward, and I think they're kind of waiting for her to do that. And uh, but I think I captured a whole different Michelle Obama than they've been promoting for all these years in my in my film in my book. You're going to really learn about someone who uh, is not who she pretends to be all these years. Now I have a couple minutes left here, uh, and I want to make sure you. I'm sure there's some things I haven't asked you about that's in the book and the movie. Uh, can, anything else you want to throw in here that we haven't discussed? Well, yeah, I mean, look, uh, you gotta, and gotta watch the movie. It's SalemNow.com. You can live stream or get the DVD. Uh, I talk about Michelle has this psychological dark side, actually, that drives her to seek more and more power. Uh, so that's something we deal with in the film. Uh, we learn that, you know, Michelle has been chronically, uh, you know, pushing these stories of racial discrimination, uh, having suffered it growing up, to manipulate black voters with these phony claims of uh, being a victim of racial discrimination to earn their sympathy and votes. So one example is she's been telling this story about 15 years about her high school counselor. She said racially profiled her as regards her Princeton application. I found out it turns out her her uh, counselor at her high school was a church-going Baptist black woman who also assistant principal. There's no way she racially profiled her. So that's just one of many revelations we have in the film about Michelle's childhood, which was very privileged, very privileged childhood growing up in a political family. And uh, we learn that all these stories she tells of, uh, of being, uh, you know, suffering discrimination and being held back in life were total nonsense. Uh, to hide a very privileged background. So I go through the whole history chronologically, and you really learn about who Michelle Obama really is. I, I see that Barack's brother, Malik Obama, gave your book and the movie excellent reviews. Yes, he did. He actually introduced me. I, uh, I screened the film World Premiere at the National Press Club last week in Washington, D.C., and he introduced me. Uh, yeah, that he was the best man at their wedding. He knows them quite well. And uh, so he's been very supportive. And uh, he had, you know, interesting run-in with Michelle as well. After he hosted them in Kenya before their wedding, uh, she refused to have him come visit in Chicago, for example. So uh, we learn a lot about Michelle Obama, and it's very, very different from what you've learned in the media. I got about 30 seconds. What's the deal with Malik? I'm trying to imagine the difference if, um, if, if Donald Trump's brother had been saying the things that Oh, the Barack's brother's been saying about him. Uh, real quick. 
Yeah, well, Malik doesn't really say anything bad about him. He just disappointed that uh, during his presidency, he never came to Kenya. He pretty much disowned the Kenyan uh, family after he kind of used their name in that story to prop himself up. But uh, you get the whole story. It's uh, SalemNow.com or the book version on Amazon.com, Michelle Obama 2024. Hey, I really appreciate it, Joel. Good luck with both. Thanks. All right. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back. SRN News, I'm John Scott. Southwest Airlines passenger Millie Carlson, speaking to ABC 15 Arizona, says she'll probably have to sleep on the floor at the airport. Everything's been canceled, and we're not very happy. Those cancellations continuing today, more than 2,500 nationwide. Southwest Airlines CEO Bob Jordan says the airline tried to operate a full schedule as much as possible, but Planes and crews were out of position in dozens of locations. We reached a decision point to significantly reduce our flying to catch up. We're focused on safely getting all of the pieces back into position uh, to end this rolling struggle. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg vows to look into the many Southwest flight cancellations. Meanwhile, snowbound Buffalo is about to emerge from the deep freeze. Temperatures expected to be in the mid-40s today. This is SRN News. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. Brandon Tatum sees nothing there again. Donald Trump and his tax returns, what a letdown. They do nothing but go after this man and nothing seems to stick and yield because they're not doing it in good faith. If you are attacking a person in good faith, I think there will be something that yields. But if you're doing it because of political expediency and you know ain't nothing there, I hope that you reap what you sow. The Officer Tatum Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The Answer. Here's the Cuban quandary. It's only about 90 miles offshore Florida, but it's the island that time forgot. The long-lasting American embargo against Cuba has crippled its economy. Here's what I saw in a recent visit. From America's number one travel radio show, this is your Arm World Travel Minute. I'm Rudy Maxa. A couple of years after Castro ousted the corrupt Batista regime in 1969, Cuba nationalized U.S. oil companies. Relations between the two countries went downhill fast. Now just about everything Cuba needs is difficult and expensive to get. There aren't many stores in Havana because they have nothing to sell. If you visit, it could take you a week to find a tube of toothpaste to buy. There are no satellite dishes. That's the government's increasingly futile attempt to keep its citizens from seeing how prosperous other countries are. Teachers cut pencils in half so kids can write. Rice farmers dry their harvest in the sun on a lane of the national highway that bisects the island. Cars swerve to avoid the rice. Every family has a food ration card, though there's no guarantee those four eggs a family might be promised every month will be available. Should you visit? Yes. The art, museum, fading architecture, people and food in restaurants that accept U.S. dollars are terrific. More travel info at armworldtravel.com. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy & Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
We're jammed in the Parkway East inbound Edgewood Swissvale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge outbound the Greenfield Bridge overpass to Edgewood Swissvale. The Parkway West inbound is jammed 79 to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. It's jammed westbound as well, right between Route 19 and Carnegie. 79 northbound is jammed near Route 60 due to a crash, and the Parkway North inbound barely moving Reedsdale Street to the Fort Pitt Bridge. I'm Ann Evans. That's a look at your traffic. AM 1250, the answer. Weather. Clear skies through the night tonight, the low 33. It's mostly cloudy tomorrow, but mild with a high of 51. Cloudy still on Friday, some showers and spots, mild with a high of 56. Cloudy, mild again on Saturday. Some afternoon showers could impact outdoor New Year's Eve celebrations. Saturday's high 53. Mild on Sunday, we start the new year with some rain and drizzle, the high 50. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Rose Tamburino. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I don't know if you noticed it or not, but it's kind of hard to find a good movie to go to these days. I was off last week. My wife couldn't uh, and I couldn't find one. It's amazing when you think that there are theaters out there with 15 or 20 screens and you can't find anything that interests you. If you're in that situation, you'd like to see a movie that's not woke. Maybe you could take a little ride up to that nice little town of Zelianople and go to the Strand Theater. Ron Carter is the president and executive director of the Strand. He joins us now. Ron, thanks for coming on. Thanks very much for having me, John. Good to talk to you. So what's playing? We have a very compelling movie called MVP, which is an acronym for Merging Vets and Players. And it's a very intriguing story about... Uh, Nate Boyer, uh, who is a former uh, military veteran, I believe he was uh, one, of, one of the special forces, uh, and and his partnership with a man named Jake Laser to form this organization called MVP, which is is designed to bring military veterans and former NFL players together to try to get through some of the issues that they share in common with trying to get back to a normal life once their time in the service or once their time as a player is done. It's really a well-done, exciting, and intriguing film. And it's produced by Sylvester Stallone. I think it's um, it's called uh, Balboa Productions. Why haven't I seen it listed on any local theaters, or where were they? was it there and I missed it? No, it's, uh, it's one of those films that was produced by an independent film company called Film Rise. And the only reason that I even knew that they existed, because back in 2020, when everything was shut down, people like this, or organizations like The Strand, were, were trying to create content that could be watched online. And there was a lot of independent films out there that we were streaming as part of a way to you know, stay relevant in people's minds and to, and to find some creative content. And I got an email blast basically from film rise about this particular film and uh i just thought it was very uh it was an exciting film to 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 be able to present and the strand in fact is the only venue in the pittsburgh market that is presenting it and how often does that happen well not not too terribly often we do uh we work with with some independent filmmakers um some of them local and some of them national uh, we did do a, a, a fun movie uh, earlier this year that was basically a Bigfoot comedy film that starred Pittsburgh Dad uh, on it. Uh, but we weren't even the, we were not the only venue. We were one of a few venues in the in the local area. But it is unusual for uh, venues to have an opportunity to, to present a an independent film like this. And because it it is focused on our military, I was very excited to kind of to jump on it. Why is that? You you have a military background. No, I, I, it, I, it's actually one of those life regrets that uh, once I got out of college, I thought seriously about joining the uh, reserves, but I was working in retail at the time, and you couldn't get weekends off, and it just never happened. But I, I've been a strong supporter of our military basically my entire life. My my, my dad was, uh, my stepfather was in the Army, and, and his son was also in the Army. Um, but I, I just have a great appreciation because of what, men and women like like Nate Boyer do, does or or my stepfather did that we can have uh, programs at the Strand Theater and we can have conversations like this because these are the people that are out there risking their lives and dying and fighting to protect those First Amendment rights. There's a lot of discussion out there, has been for a while, about wokeness and how wokeness is possibly, if it's not killing Hollywood, it's hurting it. 
hurting the movie business. Do you find it hard to find movies that you like personally that you think would do well in a theater? If just say if you could get it at your place, but you can't, maybe because you're a you're not a major um, chain of theaters. Well, it's an interesting situation with the Strand because as a cultural center, we um, we can only get we can only get licenses for films that are available on on home video for the most part, like Blu-ray and DVD and things like that. Um, the nice thing is that because we can't get these films until after they've played out in some of the multiplexes. We can pick and choose some of the films that have the most mainstream or the most um, common interest for a lot of for a lot of our, our patrons. And we've we have a, we have great fun um, running movies at the Strand because we just finished our Christmas season and we ran movies like It Happened on Fifth Avenue, which was from 1947 uh, and was like the marketed as the best Christmas movie that you never heard of. And we also ran the Polar Express, and we ran It's a Wonderful Life. Um, but we also have, up, upcoming in the next couple of weeks, we're running the Elvis movie. Um, and we're also running the DC League of Super Pets in a few weeks after that. And all that's in between all of our live performances, because we are a cultural center, and we do lots of live performances. It, it's actually kind of fun to pick and choose some of the best films that could be available um, in a given time frame. Who's showing up for those old movies, Ron? Old people or some young people mixed in? You would be shocked. I mean, just a few years ago, we took a photo of a young couple. I mean, they had to be in their late teens or early 20s at, at the most. And they got dressed up in a, he got dressed up in a tuxedo and she in an evening gown. <laughs> and I asked them if they were, you know, on their way someplace else or they just come from someplace else. Says, nope, we decided we're going to get dressed up and go see It's a Wonderful Life in our formal attire. So it is a wide cross-section of people that want to see these old films back on the on the big screen. So young people who have never seen them before, old people who might have seen them at the, at the theater way back when or just want to relive that those, those fond memories. So we'd really get quite a cross-section of people. We're talking to Ron Carter. He's the president and executive director of the Strand Movie Theater up in Zelianople. You can see some, as he just said, movies going as far back as 1947 to a movie that's just out there right now. And I, I guess um, I, I'm just wondering, what, what's the process for you to get these movies? Do you have to pay to get a copy of It's a Wonderful Life, or is it just kind of out there if you want it? Uh, no, it's uh, even as a cultural center, everybody wants their licensing fees. So we work, uh, sometimes we work directly with studios, like I've got a direct relationship with Warner Brothers uh, to get licenses for their films. Other times I work through a third party. Uh, there's a company that we worked a lot with called Cineberg, which is a local third party subscription company that goes out and gets licenses. They buy them in bulk rates and then we can get discounts on them. That's how we got It's a Wonderful Life. Um, but then we have situations like MVP, which is a, which uh, we want to get the word out because it's a very compelling film about, the, the lives of these military veterans and players who've kind of lost their way after they, the uniform comes off. And that's what's exciting for an independent venue. We're not beholden to a corporation or having to fill a, you know, a dozen multiplex screens. So the reason I, I wanted to talk to you about this particular film is just because it is such a good film. and It is a quality film that, that raises awareness about the plight that these military veterans have found themselves in. During the course of the film, we discover that when, when this was being filmed, there were 47 different uh, members of that military unit that committed suicide and how they're unable to cope uh, once they come back into the real life. And so as an independent venue, I like to be the one that is able to, to create opportunities to get films like this out there. It's a good story. And I, I think in the trailer, I think I saw Jay Glazer, who a lot of people will be familiar with, as someone who appears regularly on the Fox football pregame show, NFL pregame show, I th is he playing himself? Well, yeah, it's actually Nate Boyer who um, wrote and, is, and stars and directed in this film. Nate Boyer and Jay Glazer were the ones who actually came together to create MVP, which is the charity that, for, that creates this like service group for military, play, for military veterans and NFL players. They come into this uh, a gym that Jay owns. I think it's called Unbreakable. 
and they work out for 45 minutes and then they have 45 minutes of just open discussion about what's going on in their lives and how they can deal with it. So the entire film is based on an actual charity that was created by Nate Boyer and Jay Glazer. And there are a lot of similarities between guys who were in the service and guys who were in the NFL, football players, just the physical part of it, of course, the age uh, that you are when you get out and you know, you're an old man in the NFL when you're 32, 33 years old. And when you get out of the military, if you're getting out in your late 20s, you're probably pretty old, right? Absolutely. And that's that's kind of like a, a center point uh, as part of the film. One of the NFL players is having a discussion with the, the, the NFL player who is the main character of this, of this film. And he, he says something very poignant. He says, I would never compare the ball field to the battlefield, but the camaraderie, the bonding, all that stuff lines up. And that's why it it works out so well that these, that this particular charity is created to help both organizations. Getting back to some of the old movies that you have up there from time to time at the Strand Mm -hmm. Theater, talking to Ron Carter, he's the president and executive director of the Strand in Zelianopel. You, when you, uh, just the technology, are you still putting a reel of film on a projector and you hear the, the projector whirring up there behind you when you're watching the movie? Uh, no. When we did the renovation, we, we definitely upgraded to all the new technology. And even although we still have the original projectors in their footings as like on display as museum relics. But, yeah, we, we pretty much run everything either through uh, a high-end Blu-ray player or DVD or streamed it uh, through our computer systems. But it's so, the technology and the quality of the equipment is just so, it's, it's so great that it, it, it's actually a better system than a lot of the multiplexes. So we, we have like a 45-speaker surround sound system in our auditorium. And uh, we just got a brand new screen, which is, uh, it used to be a 25-foot screen. Now it's a 35-foot screen. And our projector uh, is a, t- a top-end projector. So when you watch this film, or any of our films, um, it's, it's, it's really just as good as, or a better experience than what you would find in a typical multiplex. It's interesting, uh, a little aside here, we have a place uh, up on Lake Erie, in, on the Canadian side, and it just got, that, that whole shoreline just got battered by this recent storm. And my brother right. Paul, who likes old movies, uh, maybe you're familiar with this scene. Uh, he sent me uh, a clip that he's had uh, from Key Largo with Edward G. Robinson and Humphrey Bogart, oh and they're talking about the storm that came in there where they are. The storm had come into that location years before, and 800 people were washed out to sea, and Edward G. Robinson is a gangster, and he's obviously very afraid of what's coming and it, the, the directing, the acting, the editing on this scene is just spectacular. Humphrey Bogart doesn't say a word. It just keeps yeah. cutting to his face, and he raises his eyebrows, and he has this look on his face as he's watching this gangster melt down because he's so, so terrified. I don't know why. It just happened that today he sent me that, and here we are talking about old movies. But I, what, what stuck out for me was that the clip that Paul sent me the, the clarity of the clip, it was up, I don't know where he found it, but obviously it wasn't something that was taken off a movie projector. So when you're showing these old films, I'm guessing that the clarity is like a thing was shot yesterday. Oh, absolutely. It, it, uh, it, it's an amazing, it's an amazing clarity and the brightness and the depth. Uh, and it, it, with, with a full color film, like it's been a couple of years, but we actually ran the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, versus a, a black and white film like Casablanca, which we run almost every year, um, the, the contrast and the uh, when you see the close-ups, uh, just it, it's truly remarkable that you're able to experience these films all, really almost better than what they would have been when they were on 35 millimeter. Yeah, and I I think if I were to be asked what my favorite movie was that I saw this year. My answer might be The Godfather, which I saw in a theater in Bridgeville that was doing it as a 50th anniversary. And I hadn't, I've had i seen the movie 77 times probably, but to see it again in a theater, it was just absolutely spectacular to see it. And even though I knew just about everything that was going to happen in every scene. 
It's truly amazing. Um, when we run the Polar Express, we sell out the theater. That's very, very unusual because we have 267 seats in the auditorium. Just mm-hmm. So to sell out a movie of any kind is mm-hmm. very unusual for us. But we, we sell out the Polar Express at the same time. It's being run on national TV um, just because it's a totally different experience. You're going to the theater. You're seeing your friends. You're getting hot chocolate. You're showing up in your pajamas. And uh, you, you watch this film on a giant screen, and it's a completely different experience than when you are at home. Yeah, when I hear people say, I'm, I'm a big movie guy, and I say here all the time that I don't go to movies anywhere nearly as often as I used to. I, I had a, an afternoon shift that I worked, and I would go to a lot of movies at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon before I went to work. And I, mm-hmm. I probably saw 75 movies a year, because I'm figuring about somewhere between one and two movies a week. Um, and I just don't go anymore because of my schedule here doing this show, but I'm just always amazed when people think that they're getting the same experience when they watch a movie on their 60-inch screen that they would get if they were in a place like The Strand, because it it ain't the same. It is a completely different experience. There's a social aspect of it, not let alone the... The imagery that you can see in this on a giant 35-foot screen and, and, and digital surround sound, you know. But you know, our concessions, you know, we we have freshly popped popcorn bags. You better have that. I'm gonna, you're going to hear from me if you don't have that. Go ahead. But it's a dollar or less. So wow. We <laughs> wait. Your bo- wait a minute. Your a box a, a bag of popcorn is a dollar or less. A bag of popcorn is a dollar. We have uh, Twizzlers that are five for a dollar. We have cowtails that are two for a dollar. We have all the all the classic chips and candy, and we have because we're a cultural center and we were able to successfully uh, get a liquor license. You can also have a glass of wine with your with your movie. Nice, nice. And I have about a minute left. Just the history of the Strand Theater. How long has it been there? It was built back in 1914 by uh. Italian immigrants, and uh, it was. Up until the 80s, it was an operation, and it shut down, and it was sat empty for about 15 years or so. And then we reopened it in 2009 as a cultural center. We've had people like Debbie Reynolds perform there. We're actually very excited because we have Mandy Patinkin, mm-hmm. who you might know from The Princess Bride. He's yeah. going to be there on February 7th. So we've had some pretty good household names uh, grace the stage, as well as these wonderful films. you got to get me to move to Zelianople, because I like that little town, too. Hey, it's gorgeous. Come see us. Hey, Ron, I really appreciate you coming on. Good luck with that. It's a great thing you're doing up there. And keep me posted on what's going on. We'll talk about it on the radio. Sounds great. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. That's Ron Carter, the Strand in Zelianople. I'll be right back. Hey, have you ever picked up a towel set because it felt really soft in the store, but then when you go to use it, it's not very absorbent? It's basically a towel that's leaving you out to dry? Well, that's why my pillow has developed the MyPillow towels. Towels that work. I know, it's mind-blowing. Towels that actually dry you? Their six-piece towel set includes two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. They come in a variety of colors, and right now, you can get a six-piece set for only $39.98 with promo code STAG. Go to MyPillow.com right now, click on the radio listener special. MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty, and they have their 60-day money-back guarantee. To receive this amazing offer on the six-piece set off MyPillow Towels, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special, and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. That's 800-716-8087 or just go to MyPillow.com, promo code STAG. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. 
He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. Here's a true story that might be described as Schindler's List meets the sound of music. I'm Isabel Vincent. My newest book is called Overture of Hope, Two Sisters' Daring Plan That Saved Opera's Jewish Stars from the Third Reich. In the 1930s, two British spinster sisters shared a love of the opera, and they made frequent trips to Germany and Austria to see their favorite singers. But many of these singers were Jewish, and with the rise of the Nazis, these performers faced almost certain death in the Holocaust that was coming. So what could two British spinsters do? Against all odds, they put together a plan to rescue more than two dozen men and women, getting them out of Germany and Austria and safely to England. Their clever schemes included using opera tickets to launder money. My book, Overture of Hope, details the life and death risks these two sisters took. Their surreptitious bravery and passionate commitment is amazing and inspiring. Overture of Hope by best-selling author Isabel Vincent is available now wherever books are sold. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. I live out in Washington County, so Zelianopel is kind of a ride for me. But I'm telling you right now, if I lived up that way, if I lived in Zelianopel, or even if maybe if I lived up there in Cranberry or up north, I'd be heading up to the Strand a lot. There's a hockey game on tonight, but I've been seeing a lot, having a lot of nights that was that were really boring, with nothing on TV, and I'm not a I'm not a guy who watches a lot of movies on television, and but I I've, I've always liked movies, and a dollar for a bag of popcorn. Couple bucks to see a movie. I, that that's just a great thing to have. And a, a theater that was built in 1914. Come on, that's great. The Strand in Zillianople. Before I go, one quick thing that I was thinking about today. Franco Harris, the the fact that he died a couple of days before the celebration and everything, as everybody knows. I was thinking about this today, and I, I just here's something for you to think about. What if you had done something 50 years ago? And you had a very famous face. And every time you went out, you, you headed into the supermarket to pick up a half gallon of milk, and there, there was no way you're getting from the milk case to the cashier to your car without at least three people telling you that they remember the Immaculate Reception, telling you where they were when you did this great thing 50 years ago, and you've been hearing this every single day Every time you went everywhere for 50 years. I'm sure Franco Harris loved the fact that he made the play and he, you know, everything that happened to him because of it. But as I thought about it, I don't know if that's such a great a great thing to have in your life is to be confronted with that every minute of your life, everywhere you go. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.